It's never too early to plan for Thanksgiving and your neighborhood Safeway can help. Get a great deal on frozen grade A whole honeysuckle turkey. Buy one 10 to 20 pound turkey and get one free when you shop with your club card and spend an additional $35, limit two while supplies last. And stock up on selected varieties and sizes of Del Monte canned vegetables for only 69 cents each. Look for your Safeway ad in the red plum packet in your mailbox. Safeway, it's just better. There's some dangerous, dangerous, large, large carnivore out there. Out there. Yeah, I saw that first. I'm here. 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 i am and uh, I stopped long enough to get a 7 out of my backpack and I'm back and that's when I thought I kind of all went on. For a week, the, the town of Lyon is being harassed by a werewolf and it's actually attacked two railroad workers uh, kill livestock. There's a lot of weird stuff that was going on. Monster Xers. This is Gunnar Monson, your host of Monster X Radio, um, also the founder of Monster X Sponsor, the Sasquatch Coffee Company. You can find delicious micro-roasted coffee at www.squatchcoffee.com. Uh, Shane and I are actually uh, recording this show on Tuesday, um, the 10th, because we will be out of... Um, radio range comes Sunday. We are headed up into uh, with Mark Marcel to uh, Ape Canyon to the site of the Fred Beck incident, the 1924 um, incident with the cabin and the Bigfoot throwing rocks at the, the miners. And, and uh, the story is that they shot one and it fell down into the canyon. So we're going up there and uh, and look around and, and uh, visit a big historical site for for Bigfooting. So we're excited about that. Um, with me, as always, is my good friend and Bigfoot researcher extraordinaire, Shane Hardcore Corson. Shane, how are you? I'm doing well, Gunner, and glad, well, to, Gunner. Be glad to be here as usual. you going. Really looking forward, really to, looking forward uh, to, uh, to going up to, uh, to uh, the Canyon uh, site and... Night. 
and, and uh, gridding the area and going out with Mark Marcel and, and, and um, just, uh, you know, just, uh, getting uh, experience you know, uh, the whole thing up there. I'm really excited about there. it. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and it's funny. Every time I, I – every you still giggle every time that I uh, say hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So <laughs> – but it's it's fitting if you've been out with Shane, um, and if you ever go out with Shane, be prepared to go out and go uh, extremely hardcore. So our guest today <laughs> is <laughs> go big or go home. Um, That's right. That's right. Our guest today is the host of the new uh, podcast Into the Fray, uh, and uh, Shannon Legros. Um Shannon has uh, started a new endeavor. You probably remember from Sasquatch Chronicles. Uh, and uh, Into the Fray is her new endeavor, and it's a multi- multi-topic show hosted by Shannon, and along with collaborators such as Ryan Sprague, UFO journalist and British dark artist Sam Sheeran, otherwise known as Mr. Sam. They cover all high strangeness subject matter, and you can find Into the Fray Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific at www.intothefrayradio.com, and I am ready to uh, to miss Shannon if I can answer the phone. Good evening, Shannon. Good evening, you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. So for the folks you know, I have that, to say, that don't – go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to say straight away, I hadn't heard yet about your Ace Canyon excursion. Congratulations. Thanks. We're, we're extremely stoked. So we are, we'll uh, be taking lots of photos and, uh, and some video and stuff and sharing it with the Monster X audience. So it's been uh, – we, we've been trying – it's something we've been trying to set up basically all summer long. So we're getting up there just before the heavy weather hit. So it should right. be a good and then time. Do they, end up, do they end up closing the roads down at some point up there? I'm not sure. I haven't been. Um, I, I think that there you can get through a lot of the area, but not where we're going. It's about a, you know, three-hour hike off of the road. Right. So, so um We'll see. I'll, I'll be able to tell you more when we get back. Awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm sure it'll be a fun time. Yeah, thanks. Um, Shannon, for the folks, Monster X audience that doesn't know who Shannon LeGrow is, have been living under a rock, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was originally on Sasquatch Chronicles, and I was brought on as a co-host for that show, and I ended up doing a subsequent show called Show Notes with Shannon, where I would interview various people and do my research on them. I would interview Linda Godfrey, Lyle Blackburn, and a few of the people, and I think that those shows are still even available on iTunes for people that want to listen to those. Those were That was a good experience for me. I have no ill will or problems with Sasquatch Chronicles and that experience. Um, but for now, as you mentioned, I'm doing a new show called Into the Free Radio, where as Sasquatch Chronicles, hence the name, plus show notes with Sasquatch only, I'm now doing a multi-topic show 
where we talk about it's still Sasquatch, and that's going to be upcoming quite a bit in the next couple of months. There's a lot of Sasquatch shows, serial killers, UFOs. That was my most recent show, and um, paranormal and haunting. So we're really covering all sorts of interesting topics. And I think maybe a lot of the monster Xers and even some of my old you know, friends from Sasquatch Chronicles may not like all of the shows, but maybe a few would interest them. I agree, but your your shows, uh, Shannon. Uh, I mean, how, how did how did how did the fray come to be? You know, kind of know where you came from. Maybe go in that a little bit more. But how did the fray come to be? And then you know, the topics you guys discuss are you know they're kind of across the board, but they're fascinating. I, I listen to Fray Radio, into the Fray oh, Radio, thanks, and, it, and it, oh, I seriously love it. it, it you, you do such a fantastic job with your co-hosts, and um, I may not be uh, every topic may not be of interest to me. You know, having listened to some shows, uh, they've become the interests of me because uh, of you guys' dialogue and and uh, and research into those, and some of your guests as well. So it's fantastic. But how did how did the fray come to be? Well, first of all, thanks. That's you know, I think that's one of the best compliments I think that the three of us could get is the fact that maybe we're going to interest some people in in some topics they weren't so interested in before. So thank you so much. First of all, um, well, honestly, I think that the name. When I decided finally after leaving Sasquatch Chronicles that I wanted to do another show, the name, I was going through all sorts of different permutations. And I should post that one of these days. It's just a long list. I think I typed it in my iPhone under notes. You know, I was just going through some stuff. And what do I call this show? I know it, I want it to be multi-topic. Right. I want to get away from just the Sasquatch subject. And it morphed into into the fray and it literally just it just happened over probably two days of of morphing the name it was into the gray at one point or gray something or other and then the word fray came up and who doesn't like the movie with you know the fantastic Liam Neeson right I've gotten out quite a few times people send me that poem you know and I'm yeah. like, well, it didn't really come from that, but the fray word, you know, definitely pops into your head. And I also like the band, the fray. So, <laughs> you know, there were some influences there from the outside, but into the fray was just kind of something that was just at the end of the note. That's where the name came from. So, and I just knew the second that I left SC that, well, I didn't know I'd continue. I shouldn't say that. But the second I realized I wanted to do a radio show, I knew it, it would be a multi-topic show. Yeah, your show's very, it reminds me, it's very reminiscent of, it reminds me of like the X-Files, the TV show. Uh, not for, you know, that's a TV show, of course, and we're talking radio, and we're, you know, you're talking to some very credible guests and witnesses and the whole nine, but just a multi-topic and how, you know, I used to love X-Files. I'd, you know, be, and I wasn't interested in a lot of the, you know, they'd ghost stuff and alien stuff and big, I mean, a whole variety of stuff, but they would captivate me. And uh, Into the Fray does that for me. It captivates me. It gets me thinking. And um, I'm really excited because, I mean, really, you guys are in your infancy. But yet, mm-hmm. you've already put some powerful shows together and some very intriguing shows together. Uh, the future looks very bright. Uh, and I know you guys have, you know, very diligent with your work and in, in, in research and whatnot. And uh, as far as, you know, the show content. And it's it's really exciting. 
Thank you so much, Shane. Yeah, I think the, one of the biggest shows for me so far, and I don't think it's going to be a shock to anybody, was my David Pilates interview. I really did do my homework for that one. Not that I didn't want to, because anytime he puts a book out, I try to devour it and, and learn the cases. Yeah. But I really put a lot of work into that, and, and I've gotten pretty good feedback from that episode, which feels really good, because uh, I wanted to not just go in there and ask, you know, I needed to know my stuff, basically. It's David Pilates. He certainly knows his stuff. So I owed it to him and to my audience to know what I was talking about with, with his new book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you mind elaborating a little bit about that episode? Because that was, you know, I have to admit, probably my favorite episode as well. And uh, what 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 did it take to get David to join you? And, and what kind of research did you do going into that episode? Well, you know, I think what really helped me is the fact that, and I had conversed with him a little bit prior to this meeting, but I went to the Borough Conference in Ohio. It was only like a four-hour drive for me, so anything within four or five hours, as you know, isn't that bad. So it's worth going, especially if, you know, David Pilates was there and a, a lot of my friends were there. So there was no reason not to go. I met him, and I got a chance to speak to him. And I, I think, of course, once you meet somebody face-to-face, it helps to you have that a better camaraderie with that person. And maybe he felt a little more comfortable with me. I wasn't just somebody out to, you know, use his name or, or make fun of his work or say anything bad about him. So that I'm sure that that helped, is meeting him face-to-face. And, you know, the research behind it was just, it was a lot. It was pouring over the cases and picking the ones that... Even David had mentioned to me, hey, try not to pick the cases. Everybody's, everybody loves the Elisa Lamb case. And it, she's the one that went missing in L.A. And they actually found her in the same hotel she had been staying in, but she was in one of the water tanks on the roof in a locked tank through a locked door that went to the roof. Crazy case. And it also has the uh, the elevator video of her acting very right. strangely. And that's that's still available for anybody to see. So I didn't, I love that case, don't get me wrong, but everybody's going to talk about that case. So I picked some of the more maybe obscure ones, but they're all interesting. And I I remember asking David that. I was like, you know, what are your favorite cases? And he's like, well, and I've heard him say this to other people, it's like picking your favorite kid. You know, they're all strange and unusual in their own way, right? So, yeah, that was a a big one for me. So I, I put in the work and, uh, it was it was enjoyable though all the way around. I think my my poor book from David the new one, uh, Sobering Coincidence. That's the the urban cases that we discussed in that episode. It's dog-eared and highlighted, and there's notes all through the margin. Nobody would want to touch my actual copy. It only makes sense to me. But uh, yeah, that was that was a great episode. And and thanks Shane for checking that out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll. I'll continue to check them out because uh, you guys are really uh, putting on a fantastic uh, broadcast and it's very interesting. Uh, with with In regards to, you know, on the subject of David Polites, um, you know, he's, you know, he gets attacked a lot and he get, takes some, you know, you know, like a lot of uh, researchers and whatever endeavor they partake in, they get a lot of heat. You know, he, he gets, one, one of the biggest attacks of the I've biggest seen pointed at David is, you know, that he won't come out and say what 
what what's behind this mystery of these these missing people or these people that turn up you know in weird places uh you know and uh he, you know in his books he, he you know he's i won't say he's cryptic about it he's just kind of providing the evidence and providing the stories and the cases uh and people are like well you know is it aliens is it bigfoot uh, spit it david you know what what's doing this is it a person you know uh, you got any thoughts on that yeah, and I, I I know that even the, well before I talked to him that he's constantly getting hammered on that. And honestly, I I could see where David is coming from. He may have an opinion on it, but if he says even what he possibly thinks it is, even if he says, oh, I just barely think it might be this, everyone will gravitate towards that and maybe take away from the evidence. And instead of just kind of seeing the forest for the trees, and as you said, he just provides the information, I think it's good for him to stay neutral and just relay whatever he learns on the cases. He goes through the files, he he goes through the news reports, and he, he tries to let us decide for ourselves what that is. And I think that we all do that a lot as far as when we have somebody on the show and they just want to tell a story. You know, like the the Boundaries Crossed episode, two episodes ago, I had a guy named David who had a really terrifying experience with, uh, you know, supposedly a member of Sasquatch. And it's not my place to go, you know, that sounds like a little bit much to me. I don't know about you guys, but here's this guy telling the story. We just It's it's his part to, to tell the information, and then the listeners can, can pick up the ball and run with it, whichever direction they may want to do that with. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, David's background, I mean, you know, he, he is, you know, uh, it was with law enforcement and he's very much the detective. And, you know, just like any uh, cold case or any, uh, you know, um, any 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 case that, you know, you're involved in, if you have to uh, if you go into the into guessing things and you may have an opinion of, you know, say there's a murder, you may have an opinion who did it. But you got to line up all the facts first, and you really can't uh, just, uh, you know, it's humanistic for us to want to say, okay, and point fingers. But if you're proper about your research, whatever field it is, um, you know, whether it's paranormal or whatnot, doesn't matter. If if you jump to conclusions and put that out there, you're tainting the evidence and you're tainting right. opinion. And I think it's very important. I think David's done a really good job about that is that he may have his own opinions. He very may may have that but he's he's not jumping to conclusions and he's just saying okay by case i'm and there's patterns here okay look at the patterns and it's kind of it's it's kind of exciting for me because in in and i won't say exciting because i don't enjoy people missing or uh you know the amount of hurt and, and despair that's gone through some of these families and, and whatnot but it's like it's kind of boiling to a a point where eventually something may come from this uh, there may be okay uh, you know let's look at this seriously you know the, the broader public may look at this more serious and the authorities may look at this more serious and then they may be able to gravitate towards uh, you know a, a really good hypothesis or something of right. that nature you know without uh, you know um, having just uh, one person's opinion of me what's going on yeah and actually it, it's those of us that host the shows or listen to the shows that can form our own hypothesis safely 
he really can't do that safely. He's he's in charge of the whole thing. It's his deal, and he's the one, like you said, he's even in contact with some of these families, so he has a, a much bigger responsibility to just pass on the information. There's a ufologist, uh, a really smart-thinking guy. He's, he does his own show. Uh, I think it's on KGRA. He's an author. His name is Richard Dolan, and I when he interviewed David Polites, he he was even so forward to say that he thinks this will be something that we can't even grasp right now with our knowledge of the universe and the world and what's around us. He really thinks he's really think it's it's something bigger. It's bigger than us right now. Something that we can't we can't understand. It's an X Files conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once you get into these it, urban cases, it's really scary. Yeah, it's pretty trippy the stuff. But it, what David does a great job of is just like you say, presenting the evidence and leaving it up to the reader to to draw their own conclusion. And like Shane is is talking about, it's you know it's in research and Bigfoot research and, and other fields. The it's about what you can prove. So right. not jumping, right. like not drawing, uh, taining the results by, by why well, I, I believe it to be this, because belief doesn't have anything really to do with proof. So, so that, yeah, yeah that was that's a great, a, that's a great point. That's a great point. Oh, yeah. thank you. Oh, thank you. No, and I, and I also liked your serial killer episode, um, that the, now it's escaping me, the, the killer that you, we're talking about. <laughs> I wrote, yeah, wrote Anthony Soule, the, uh, the Cleveland Strangler. Right. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed that one. I, I've always had a fascination with like true crime, um, that kind of stuff, and that that will, uh, was very in depth and and captivating. So, thank you. What, what yeah, I of, plan to do a lot more of those. A lot more of those. You're uh, so you. I mean, so far you've covered UFOs, serial killers. You know, you've done missing 411, missing persons. Um, you interviewed Nick Redfern, who basically runs the gamut, of, you know, from yeah, Bigfoot to yeah, Chupacabra to paranormal MIPs. I mean, he does basically everything. Um, what's what other kind of shows can we expect that you're you're looking at here in the near future? Well, on on Thursday, on so. Thursday, so. By the time this will be aired and everything, I will have Steve Dawson, he's the author of Strange Things in the Woods and More Strange Things in the Woods. And I also have, like I said, more Sasquatch shows coming up. Plus there's, um, I want to do some more haunted theme shows. So I have Haunted Las Vegas since I recently moved back. Actually, Steve Dawkins coming back on for that one because he used to live here. And also a truly haunted house in Holmes County, Ohio. That's also going to be a great episode. You guys are going to love that one. So you're, I mean, you you have been interested in Bigfoot for a long time, right? What What is your, uh, uh, what was your Bigfoot experience? Have you had a confirmation experience, as I like to call them. I like that. I like that word for that. That's a good one. <laughs> you know, I I have had some auditory experiences. 
and I think I've actually and talked to you guys about this, guys about is what happened at the Browns as far as playing the baby cry, and something came in and, and was whooping, and it sounded like we were in a primate house. That's the only. That's the best way to describe it. It was and it was constant and until the cell phone died the cell phone with the baby cry, the baby and then cry, it stopped. And then, it stopped. And then there was crash, 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 crash off into the brush. That was at the Browns in Washington And, of course, the whistle that I had in Salt Fork, Ohio, at Salt Fork State Park, that was one of my first experiences where I was pretty nervous because we were out there uh, we were doing something kind of finding Bigfoot S. We had tied a, a string to a glow stick, and it was making that cool whirring sound, and it was a little light show at the same time. We were doing that for probably almost an hour in the same spot. We would whir and swing and then stop and listen, and there was nothing. It was dead quiet, too, that night. It was probably 1 in the morning by this time, maybe 2, and there's no wind or no... No distractions, really. And at one point, in between the words, something whistled, and it was loud, and it was it was high-pitched, and it was pretty decently long. But the, the volume of it is what struck me. And if I could describe it, it would be described as the most messed-up bird I've ever heard. <laughs> it was like... It was like a bird just trying to be a bird, but you're like, I don't think that's a bird because it sounded like it had lips. And it was just loud and monotone. And that's all it was, just that one whistle. And nothing moved away. We didn't hear the brush even crunching or crashing before that or after. Uh, but I I would have guessed it was no more than 15 to 20 feet away from us. And I was standing. It was pitch dark out there. I was standing and the second that whistle went off, I went to a crouch position, probably just without even realizing, because it did scare me. I'm not going to act like I'm you know, the dad of the bone girl out there all the time. Um, I was kind of waiting for something to bust out of the brushes or something. But unfortunately, you know, Sasquatch-wise, I've never seen anything. It's all been auditory, including when I went out with Bob Garrett and his guys and Wes in Texas. It was auditory, and that's very striking, as, as you guys know. That 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 can get you, but I think until I see one, I I still can't just be like, well, yeah, I know they're out there. I, of course, I believe I do believe they're out there. I don't want to make it sound like some religious thing. I do believe, of course, there is a chance. So I wouldn't be looking into this for eight years if I didn't think there was a chance that they were out there. But for me, it's all been auditory. I'm still waiting for that. A big moment when I see the big guy. Mm. Yeah, and, and Shannon, yeah. you've interviewed a ton of people uh, and, uh, on the, the Sasquatch subject. I mean, you interviewed a lot of people. You've heard a lot of stories. I know you've done years of research on this. Uh, and uh, I, I was curious, though, uh, even though you've not had that confirmation, you know, I, I know I've had that confirmation. I'm fortunate, uh, and I know they're out there, but I won't claim to know what they are. I have my mm-hmm. ideas. Do you have any um, thoughts on what Sasquatch may be? I mean, do you, do you have do you steer in one direction? Uh, is it more paranormal? Is it more flesh and blood? A mixture of both? Is it uh, an ape, Neanderthal? Any just even just a, a 
personal opinion on that? I want it to just be, not just, that's the wrong word. I want it to be <laughs> just a really, I hear where, there's that just word again. I keep throwing that in there. I want it to be a really smart primate, mm-hmm. a bipedal primate that just really knows his stuff. I, you know, there's a Liam Neeson's of the woods. <laughs> I, that's what I love. To, I love to call them that. You know, they're just bad at the bone and they know their stuff. I don't know about you guys, but lately, wow. Have we not seen a lot of people go to that other side, other side. and explain yeah. things as far as the paranormal side of Bigfoot? It, it seems like it's really growing. I've noticed that in the last couple of years that that um, it used to be really quiet, uh, kind of a quiet murmur, and yeah, it's now it's a very loud drumbeat that uh, and the, the the chasm between. Uh, it, it, for lack of a better term, flesh and blood uh, Bigfooters, aper or apers, and mm-hmm. and those that that give them special abilities that that aren't found in other animals, um, it's it's growing wider. It's it's cool for me because we we have the benefit of having um, Guy Edward puts on hopscotch every month in Portland, and and yeah. it's a room full of yeah. it's a mix of you know, of all kinds of people, people having different opinions. And we, you know, I, it's nice. I've had conversations with you know, like Ron Moorhead and, and other people that, that give that think that there's something besides uh flesh and blood animal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so I, I, until I have that experience, I'm only, I'm only, I'm not in the same boat that you are, Shannon. I have not had, a confirmation experience, a lot of auditory weird stuff, rock. I, my best guess is it was a rock tossed um, that made a very loud crash at midnight in the response to, you know, like an ape sound. And, uh, mm-hmm. but no, no, uh, no confirmation. So I'm only at about 98.75 now with some of the things that happened that, that, yeah. uh, that they exist. I reserve, I think almost any reasonable person reserves some, you know, percentage until they have, until they absolutely see one and there's no doubt, you know, and otherwise, you know, that I know, you know, some great people, Shane included that, that, uh, have no doubt they've seen one and, Right. And right. in no way does my my one and a quarter percent skepticism uh my hold out until I have that confirmation experience um is not meant to diminish any, diminish anybody else's experience. So same thing with like the paranormal Absolutely. people that have you know, I that's not been my experience but we don't know what they are, so um, you know, it's just a matter at this point of agree to disagree with my friends that that say that they have paranormal abilities. So, right, and right. yeah, you hit it on the head. Yeah. And yeah. I love that confirmation word, guys. I really do. I think that until we have that, like until you and I and Shane, you know, are looking at a Bigfoot. First of all, oh my God, there's a Bigfoot. Second of all, I know Shane's already had that, but I'm just using it as an example. And then it just poof disappears. Until we see that, I don't really think that it's my place to make fun of someone who says that they did 
and it's not my place to say that they're wrong either because how do I know that's not what they saw? Uh, I think, you know, maybe we're all wrong. Maybe maybe they are <laughs> traveling on UFOs and as funny as that is to say, but, I mean, no, I don't want that because if they're at all paranormal, guess what? We're never going to find out what they are ever. Right. Uh, that bums me out, the thought that they're anything but a very, very, very smart primate. Sometimes I do wonder, and I've had this conversation with people, if they're so smart, well, I should say someone said, if they're so smart, why is there no evidence of tool use? And I said, well, there is some. There's very little evidence of tool use. There's some stories where there were clubs or whatever used. But then I said, well, I mean, if you can run that fast and jump that high and you're that strong, do you even need tools? I don't know. there's There's so many ways you can go about the Sasquatch thing that, but yeah, at the end of the day, I don't make fun of anybody. Um, I have all kinds of people on my show, or even if they don't come on my show, I just converse with them through email or, or the phone, and they just want to tell you their story, and they're like, I promise you this is what I saw. And it's nothing like what I would want my experience to be if I ever had one, but that's what they're saying. They, Yeah, you're like, oh, my God. Either it's terrifying or it's completely so strange that it would tilt your worldview of, you know, what you wanted, like what box you wanted it to fit in. Right, yeah. You're like, I, I don't want them to be in that box, but heck, who am I to say that they're not? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go out to the right. anymore. I don't want to go out there. I don't want to camp. That's, right. That's right. And I read yeah, that I right the story that... You. Yeah, and I read a story this week on, and like, if this is a true story, it makes me not want to go out in the woods of a, and it was a report of somebody having their arm bit off by a squatch. And I like that. That is not okay. That I. What was the deal with that? Oh, that's the basic story. That was actually that was supposedly here at Oregon down by Medford, and I like uh, it. That one that one gave me the heebie-jeebies. So what was the what was the story with that? He pissed one off, or what? What happened? What happened? No, the story was the, the they were camping and they woke up and there was one. Um, like hanging on a tree in front of him, and it jumped and knocked him down, and and kind of pulled his like pack off, and was looked looked like it was looking for food, and started sniffing him. And next thing you know, it sniff was sniffing his arm, and it and next thing you knew, he felt it bite, and it jumped back and had his arm in his in its mouth, and he wandered mm. down the road, and somebody say picked him up, and of course they didn't believe that he had, had a, his arm bit off by a a bigfoot, but I don't want to believe that he had his arm bit off by a Bigfoot either. So, Right. Yeah, we don't want to be Louisville sluggers against trees. We don't want to be used as bats or anything. <laughs> no. But there's those stories yeah. out there. Yeah. I, I, I often I often wonder, you know, you know, we, we, we put, you know, we're talking about Sasquatch here, and I know into the phrase across the board, but it's, you know, Monster X is, you know, kind of our, our thing. We love you know, the subject, because that's what we research. But, you know, I often wonder, you know, we, we put Sasquatch into a lot of different little boxes. You know, it's paranormal, it's ape, it's this and that. You know, and, and uh, I often wonder, you know, and I'm a flesh and blood guy, uh, whatever it is, whether it's some sort of primate or whatnot, I don't know. But I'm in that box right now, because I've never experienced anything, and I spend thousands of hours in the field a year. I mean, thousands. And... um 
have to wonder if it's just something so unique, something that we just have not found in the fossil record yet. You know, just something very unique. You know, it looks primate, it acts primate, uh, it, it, but very intelligent. It's something just outside of what we've ever found. You know, it's something I always keep in mind, you know, when I'm trying to box this thing up. And I try not to do that because I think once you, you, you pinpoint uh, your research in a certain direction, you're, you're doing yourself and everything else, uh, the research in general, a disservice. I try to keep my mind open to go, this could be something really unique. I mean, obviously it is, but something more unique than what we're looking. And I'm not talking paranormal. I'm just saying some sort of really intelligent thing, <laughs> you know, that's flesh and blood yeah. that we've not been able to discover yet in the false record because the false record is so incomplete. Uh, people always go, oh, you know, well, we haven't found bones in this and that. Well, there could be very, there's a multitude of reasons that that could be. But oh, I, yeah. I often and love we're to think about. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're always finding stuff, stuff that blows our mind. I mean, daily, right? <laughs> yeah, and you make a really good point as far as those, when you were saying how many hours you spend out there and their intelligence. There's something I bring up as far as, you know, fighting for Bigfoot and the fact that, yes, there has to be a certain amount of them, you know, and they have to repopulate and be breeding, and and there has to be a certain amount of them to get it to work, right? Well, there's the North Pond Hermit. This is a man, a human being in Maine. And I don't know if you guys know the story, but maybe some of the listeners don't, but for, I think, 35 years, this guy just one day decides forget this, I'm done with society, I'm sick of seeing people, I'm going to go out to the woods. Well, guess what? He did. And he did it for 35 years. He saw one person in 35 years on a trail. He accidentally bumped into somebody. He was trying to stay away from people. And he said hello. That person said hello. That is the only person he saw in 35 years. Now, here's my, here's my argument for Bigfoot as far as how it relates to this story. This man lived only usually within miles of wherever the town was that he would have to go into at night or during the day when he would watch the homes because he would have to go in and he would he would break and enter, get into the garages, get into the homes. When the people weren't home, bless his heart, thank you, sir, <laughs> uh, to get gear, to get food. So it is possible for someone of, you know, upstanding intelligence to a certain degree, to be off the grid. Now, people were looking for him. They had breaking breaking and entering going on. They had police looking for him. And he was able to go undetected for 35 years. He never built a fire, not once. He never built a fire. And he had one pair of glasses that seemed to last him the entire time, I guess he said. But he was able to live in the woods to a certain degree, right? Like he could stay away from people and the law, quote-unquote the law, because they knew he was out there. They're like, there's somebody out there busting into these homes and taking what he needs and going back out there. And I think he had that North, Northwoods Hermit or North, North Pond Hermit name for quite a while, and he became quite the legend because uh, I, my point is, long story short, if he could do that, and and decide, hey, I don't want people to see me. They're bad. I don't like them. Uh, they yeah. scare me. I'm sure that's exactly what Sasquatch thinks. If he can do it, 
you better believe something that's born in the woods to do that can accomplish that feat. Right. And he's not he's not built for that. We're yeah. not built for that. We don't have fur. We don't have massive feet that can, you know, climb the cliffs and do the jumps that they can do. We're not built for that, but he was able to pull that off. And now granted yeah. he had to steal and, and pillage, right? To accomplish that, but he did it for 35 years. That's an incredible story for anybody that wants to look it up. That's a true story. Yes, a very, I'm very familiar with that story, and that's a fantastic point. Fantastic point, because this guy, like you said, he wasn't built for this. This is something he jumped into and managed to uh, escape um, humanity, and, and saw one person. And we're talking about something that is, you know, uh, Sasquatch, you know, or Bigfoot, whatever you want to call it something that is out there that one would assume is born into it and would be that much better at it, you know. Uh, and we have a human that managed to do what Sasquatch does to a certain extent, you know. Um, no, that, that, that whole story is fascinating, and I, I'm very familiar with it, and that's a great point. Uh, and a lot of people aren't aware of that. And, and, there, and, and you know, that's just one that we're um, aware of and told of. I'm sure there's others out there doing the same thing. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, and <clears throat> one can assume that <laughs> obviously Sasquatch would be much better at doing that. But a uh, great point. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I I always go back to that. You know, people are like, "How can they stay hidden?" And that, you know, I'm like thinking, actually, there is this one guy I know for a fact that did it for a very long time. And this is he he was middle aged. You know, by the time he got out there, didn't they catch him when he was in his fifties? Yes, yeah. So it's yeah. not like he was some wolf boy, like, you know, born in a wolf den and he grew up in the woods. This is a guy that just went, oh, forget this, I'm going to the woods. And he he did it. He he, caught, he accomplished it for a very long time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to switch directions a little bit, though, you know, I've noticed lately in some of the, the forums, um, both online, Facebook, and in the news, uh, there's been a lot of dogmen or wolf-like creatures being reported lately, and it's, it seemed to, kind of like the uh, Gunner and I were referring to earlier about the paranormal aspect to Sasquatch, it's kind of gained you know a little bit of traction. Well, much can be said about the dogmen and uh, or you know these wolf-like creatures. Uh, it, it seems it seems to be gaining traction, uh, and there's more sightings happening. Uh, I don't know if you have any future shows planned with that. You know, we've had Linda Godfrey, you know, on the show before, and she's uh, pretty much an expert on that subject. Yes, she uh, is. But do you have yeah, any, isn't you know, her personal story incredible? Fantastic. Oh, I love she's that. Oh, my yeah, goodness. She's so awesome. She's just a very humble person to begin with. And yeah. just, uh, you know, she, she coined the phrase, you know, Bray Road, you know, I mean, uh, Creature Bray Road. I mean, that's her thing. But uh, do you have any, I don't know, Maybe if you've looked into this recently, or maybe you got any upcoming shows on this subject, but it seems to be gaining traction uh, with people and sightings and whatnot. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I would love to do a Dogman episode, and I would like to start off by saying Dogman scares me. I'm not going to act, again, I'm not going to act bad to the bone about everything. Dogman seems extremely aggressive and in your face, and he does seem the type to bite your arm off or hit you against a tree um, more than the angry Sasquatch. When you hear people like Linda Godfrey, no nonsense, straight to the point, as you said, sweet as can be, 
anybody that hasn't heard her personal, you know, encounter in the Kettle Moraine, I've interviewed her, you guys have interviewed her, go find an interview with her and listen to Linda Godfrey. She is the go-to for Dogman, and it seems like she's had an experience with one, by the way, and it was incredible. I'm not even going to spoil that. You guys go listen to that. But, yes, uh, Dogman does seem to be gaining traction. I know that Talking to Will Jevning, who knows plenty about Sasquatch, will tell you it is a, I believe it's a type four. Mm-hmm. And he just, he thinks that it's a, it's another type of Bigfoot. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the difference in the tracks, you're, you know, it kind of makes you scratch your head. Right. And I, I'm the first one to say I don't want to ever run into a dog man. They seem extremely Gary, I also, though, I, I really, to answer your question straight out, I really don't know what they are. I don't know if it's a different species or if it's just a subspecies of a Sasquatch and they have pointed ears and they walk kind of funny. The whole backwards knees thing, that's freaky. I don't know about you guys, but that really creeps me out. <laughs> For anybody yeah. that reports that, I'm like, nope, that's on the no list. But what do you guys think about the whole dog dancing up and coming, getting bigger? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, it, it, a lot of it, I think, is just misidentification. Whether it's Bigfoot or Dogman related, a lot of it's just misidentification. And then when you get these, these this this pull, or you get a couple of really solid reports, people come out of the woodwork and jump aboard. Now, I'm not saying everybody's lying, or what, but there's a lot of hype, and I think that builds upon it, and it gets people excited. And you know, they're driving down the road after listening to a show or seeing something on TV or listening to someone else's story, and they see something. They assume it's mm-hmm. a Sasquatch. Now, having said that, the, the I think a lot of that the the dogman sightings, personally, I think are Bigfoot related. And they're seeing something that's you know big and hairy. Um, sometimes maybe on all fours. And you know, uh, this is North America. We're not used to having uh, primates running you know around. So some, seeing something on all fours, you're going to assume when it's hairy, that it may be more canine, possibly, or a bear. Right. You Good know? point. So, yeah, and, and that's a possibility. But there are reports out there where you've got these pointed ears and the legs are, you know, backwards and this weird mm-hmm. stuff. That, that freaks me out. I mean, that's weird. Uh, and there's some very credible people that have seen stuff like this, uh, and I don't have an answer for it. I don't. I don't know what to tell them other than, well, that's incredible and, and very strange, Uh uh, and it seems to be the dogman sightings seem to be more, you know, east. You know, I'm here in Oregon. Uh, I think I've I've taken one report of a dogman sighting in Albany, uh, up here in Oregon, uh, but that was it. Uh, we don't get those. How uh, how long ago was that, Shane? That that was reported. Oh, I think that was in 2004. I could be wrong, so don't quote me. Uh, it may have been uh, earlier than that. Uh, but that was in Albany, um, which is about a two-hour drive from me, and it was pretty incredible report. You know, this thing really? was actually in the water. <laughs> pretty incredible report. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Yeah, it was so in the they water. They got a really good look at it. Oh, they got a great look at it, yeah, and they, they reported being more canine-like, but it was huge. So that's oh the only God. report I've ever taken out here of, like, a dogman sort of scenario. Everything's way more Bigfoot-related, but seems to me that like, it's almost like a split divide uh, with mm-hmm. these dogmen. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some south of Oregon. You know, uh, I know 
uh, New Mexico, Arizona, you know, and Texas even, uh, some of those areas get dogmen sightings. But for me, the predominant amount of sightings for dogmen or reported dogmen sightings or dog-like canine, large, whatever, are, are, are more east uh, that in my, you know, research and findings. They must like the, the really bad weather, I guess. They like the snow and the cold. It keeps us less hairy things inside and out of their way. <laughs> well, maybe it's like the movie Underworld. Maybe they just completely, okay, you got you got the west, we got the east. You yeah. know, leave us alone. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's uh, the blue scarves and the red scarves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, but, we've uh, heard the reports of, you know, people that swear that Dogman and Sasquatch, they don't get along, and they have their turf. And they're like, okay, you stay over here, and you stay over there, and we'll be good. But if you cross this line, we're going to have problems. And I just, yeah, I'm like you. I'm like, I don't know what to make of it. Maybe maybe it is misidentification. Maybe it's me going, I hope it's misidentification, because I don't want I don't want Dogman to be out there. I, there's something, not that all Sasquatch stories are white and rainbows and, you know, flowers and everything but everything but something about the dog man is just oh my goodness they seem so scary to me <laughs> well it also Unicorns. you think about a dog man <laughs> well there's no you know it's not all sasquatch stories are unicorns and but yeah um yeah but there's something that relates i think to our psyche about the idea of a dog man to uh growing up and watching movies that have werewolves and and that yeah. kind of stuff because it yeah. makes it kind of brings that kind of uh, monster uh, off out of the movies and into real life. So, right, they're yeah, really, they're really yeah. So it's it it does seem a little more uh, scary the idea of a dogman. I don't know, you know, I haven't done a lot of research into dogman. My thing has been I'm I'm from Oregon. We have our own monster first with quotation marks of you know and. I grew up thinking that that Bigfoot was uh, a north uh, northwest Pacific Northwest phenomenon. You know that it's always oh, in Oregon, Washington, and California, and then you know later found out that gee, they're a little more widespread than that. So, but again, it's people report a very distinct um, kind of experience when they're reporting dogmen reports first that are different than. Bigfoot. Could some yeah. of them be misidentification? Yeah. Sure, but when somebody sees something that, I mean, like like Shane saying, the pointy ears, and it and has a dog, more dog face with a with a snout. That that doesn't isn't what people describe them. That's one of the interesting things that adds credence to the idea that there there is probably a Bigfoot. Is that the reports are very, very similar, very consistent in what you know they look like. That they look like an ape. People don't say I. They look like a dog. They say they look like an ape. So right. it, it's interesting. And, and who's to say that there's not more than one undiscovered animal wandering around the United States in the woods? Right. Huge. Like who are we to say? Oh, you're so crazy right. to think of. <laughs> A dog man is real, but oh, no, Sasquatch is real. That's not funny at all. I always, I mean, that I always think that's hilarious. And Bigfooting is that first of all, people 
that are look we look for Bigfoot. So we're already a little bit off. So to tell yeah. somebody else yeah. that what they oh well, you yeah like you're saying is uh, well you oh you see dogmen oh that's nuts. But I'm going to go. Oh yeah, oh you're crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It makes it. They, they makes don't no see the forest for the trees for that one. All right. <laughs> So um, you've got so this week you've got uh, the strange things in the author or you have an author of the strange things in the woods and then the more strange things in the woods and then what what's coming up uh, the week after do you have that show um, in the game already usually, I, yeah usually I have them ready to go as far as the interviews are ready to go but I don't have them lined up. Basically past next week, actually. So I'm just kind of seeing what the temperature of things is, and and also I try to watch out for what the news is for the the week or the week before, so that when Ryan and I and Sam get on the horn, we can try to match it as best as we can. Um, you know, with the the missile launch that just went off, that's not going to match very well. That would have been great for a UFO show, but it just didn't work out that way. So we're going to talk about that for Thursday, and it's going to go on the Strange Things in the Woods episode. But that's okay. It happens sometimes. Yeah. But it's something that I saw with my own eyeballs, and so did Sam because he was in L.A. So, hey, you got to talk about it. It's it's just a missile. But there are some discrepancies as far as what people were seeing. Some were saying it was changing uh, shape and direction, which is not something missiles are supposed to do. So I think yeah. we have to talk about that a little bit. Did you guys get any eyeballs on that way up there, or? Do you know what? I did not personally, but I have uh, the majority of my family lives in San Diego, so I got a ton of pictures of did these. You? Oh yeah, I got a ton of them. Um, <clears throat> they live in San Diego, um, and I mean, right next to where where the stuff was happening, and they sent you know at first you know there was no word about this ha- you know partaking, and so instantly they're like. You know, sending me pictures. What is this? What's going on? Uh, you yeah. know, this is weird. You know, they're seeing these lights and these, you know, flumes and the whole nine. And I had, you know, had heard through the grapevine that the military was going to be doing, you know, some shooting off missiles and doing this and that. So I, I uh, kind of uh, calmed them down and say, hey, you know, it's it. This is what I what I've heard it is. Can't confirm it, you know, but this is what I've heard it is. And so, you know, uh, they they were like, oh, okay, okay. But yeah, I've heard a lot of discrepancies on, and I've seen some pretty intriguing photos too that show differences. Uh, but uh, what it is, I don't know. But yeah, I have family down there, and they've sent me a ton of pictures, and uh, maybe perhaps I'll share them with your group, Shannon, because uh, some of them are pretty fascinating. You know, and there's a there's a ton of them out there now. But you know. Oh, I would uh, I would love for yeah, you guys always post anything that you want included for the show. By the way. Uh, okay, yeah, that. there's yeah, there's been discrepancies all across the board, and even Sam was like, I saw some like extra things coming off of it, and I didn't see that. I just saw the big, it looked like a sideways mushroom cloud, and it was bright blue. It was very cool. I have a really really bad photo. It's like the typical Sasquatch photo. It's it's completely blurry, but you can get <laughs> the shape of it. Yeah, it's Shame terrible. Everyone's like, oh, it must be real. It's blurry. I'm like, ha-ha, laugh, you know, <laughs> laugh out loud. Um, but 
I I know that oh, I was reading reports on it, and the U.S. is just saying, hey, we can't be announcing this stuff because China and Russia are, you know, always down our backs and looking at what we're doing, so we couldn't announce it. But uh, did you guys know that there was another one that went off? I think it was, so the first one was what? What night was the first one? On oh. the 7th. And then the second one, there was a second one that went off, but Recently. this one went off during the, yeah. yeah. But nobody really saw that, and probably if they did, they'd be like, uh, it's another missile test. Yeah. By now, they know, right? But because they said that because of the time that that went off, it was sunset, and it just, they didn't realize this, and they admit this. They said the time that it went off, and because of when the sun was setting, they weren't expecting it to be so bright and last so long. So, even that took them by surprise, them being the ones that launched it from the sub. So the government, right, they didn't they yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, no, the whole thing's fascinating because even if it's totally, I mean, and I assume it is, that it's just the military doing their thing and, and whatnot, but the timing, I mean, even if it's just something very natural, like the military doing what they're doing, it, 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 it it's a show of power. For me, you know, I mean, you got like you said, China and, and Russia doing their thing, and um, North Korea doing their thing, and Iran doing their thing. It's kind of freaky because, you know, this sort of thing's happening off the coast, just off the coast of California, and you know, Southern California, and and people are seeing it and not really in the know. I mean, as far as I know, they were redirecting flights from LAX and San Diego, uh, and and kind of close bordering the area, you know, so that they could do this exercise. Yeah, and, you're right. Yeah, so, you know, you know, is it an exercise? What is this? And why there? I mean, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. There's some things that make sense. You know, I, I'm not in the know. I don't know. But it's a fascinating topic to discuss because you have a lot of eyewitnesses viewing this stuff from different areas. I mean, uh, you're in Vegas, correct? Yeah. And, and you, you, you saw this. I did. I didn't get a long look because I think I caught the very end and the sun was really going down by the time I saw it, but I was on the freeway. Yes, I did take the picture while I was driving. That's not good. But, yeah, I saw it really well for the time that it was in the sky and I was looking at it. It was bright blue. Right. Now, I just want to make a, a, a public service announcement. Children, if you have heard Shannon LeGro <laughs> took a picture while she was driving... <laughs> Don't, Very bad. <laughs> Very bad. <laughs> Don't do that Don't ever. Do that, ever. <laughs> it's for it's a good so cause. sad what it's we think so of because I'm like, oh, I have to share with everybody because it was cool, right? You're like, I knew it wasn't anything uh, extraterrestrial. I knew it was terrestrial, but it still looks so cool. I'm like, I have to take a picture. Let me get my iPhone out. Oh, my goodness. Don't ever do that. That was bad. It was. It's terribly blurry. It's such a Sasquatch photo. <laughs> It's bad, but you can see the basic shape and the fact that it's glowing bright blue. So I could see where, you know, somebody just glancing up and they're like, oh, my God, we're being invaded. It's like, you know, uh, ID4, where's Will Smith, you know. So I'm sure it freaked a few people out. Yeah, but another fascinating topic to discuss, you know, regardless of whatever it was, you know, there's a lot of opinions out there. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, doing a show like that may bring some new ideas and, and uh, some, you know, the, the really cool thing about doing shows like 
you know, Monsters Radio and all, you know, off the fray, you know. I mean, we get a lot of of uh, intriguing guests and and people uh, sharing things and stuff and stuff that at times blows my mind. I mean, just does my wow. Uh, you know, just having a show on a subject, you can get a variety of people, you know, not just calling into your show, but sending you emails and, and PMs and whatnot. And you really, mm-hmm. um, I think shows, you know, like what we do and provide, you know, Shannon, uh, really just open people's minds and get people a little more comfortable to speak about some of the things that they would not, or not even having a, a venue to speak about. We kind of provide, you know, a, a venue where people can go, okay, well, you know, here's a picture, or here's what I saw, or, or here's my opinion, and it. That, I think that's some of the, you know, truly, is kind of what I love about doing podcasting and, and blog shows and, and the radio, is getting this this uh, huge amount of people commenting on a subject that you would not hear or find anywhere else unless you provided the venue. Absolutely, it, it's so fun. At the end of the day. I don't care if I ever make a dollar from this. It's so fun, and I'm just I'm happy to go, yeah, I'm a big, huge nerd. What do you want? Yeah, I like talking about Bigfoot. I like talking about UFOs. <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of my old friends, if they even found out what I do now, they'd be like, so you're kind of weird. I'm like, yep, I, I am weird, yes. It's just how it is, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> It's just who we are, and I think that we embrace it in a great way by, like you said, we provide the venue, and if people want to come forward and talk to us, fantastic. You know what? Before I ever got on the Sasquatch Chronicles or even thought about being on the radio, that was not premeditated. It was not like one day I'm like, I want everyone to know who I am in the Sasquatch community. It was not like that at all. For years before that, I studied so quiet. I was just a reader. I'm a huge reader. Every night I read, every day I read, I would listen to podcasts, I'd listen to you guys, I'd listen to Wes, I'd listen to everybody. And it's just soaking in an information. And I know for a fact that for my show, for your show, there are a ton of people that they may never contact us, they may never email us or, you know, put a review on iTunes, whatever, but they're listening and they find us interesting and that's, that's the payback for us. We love it. We love this. Yeah. No, well well said. Well said. And and that's the joy of it is 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 getting an audience involved and sharing um, you know, without prejudice, you know, ideas and opinions and the whole nine just going, "Hey, here's here here's a a show topic. Here's what's here's what we were talking about tonight and partake, in, you know, in that and and enjoy it." And I think the majority of people that listen to your show and our show really do. I really feel that. And you guys, you know, um, into the freight really are, it, it, you, the sky's the limit. You guys are doing really good things. And I just, you know, I'll say that all night long. I don't care. It, you guys are awesome and doing a really good job. But, um, you know, Shannon, you, you fortunately have got to meet a lot of people out there. You've met a lot of uh, interesting characters, a lot of, influential people in, in multiple amounts of fields. Who are some of the most uh, predominant people that stick out in your mind when, when it comes to any sort of research? I don't care if it's uh, paranormal, alien, uh, you know, uh, Bigfoot. Who are some of the people that stick out to you that you've gotten a chance to meet 
And who would you like to meet down the road? You know, it's an ongoing joke. And having heard the show, I've probably said his name about five or six times so far. But being back <laughs> in Vegas, <laughs> you already know who I'm going to say. Being yes. back in Vegas, yeah, you do. Uh, he's local to Vegas. He's on Channel 8. His name is George Knapp. He, you know, he's like us. He's like, look, I'm into weird stuff. I'm okay with that. He is an award-winning journalist, and this man has talked to Bob Lazar. He's talked to Robert Bigelow. He's been out to Skinwalker Ranch. That's a whole other show, by the way. Just Google Skinwalker Ranch. If you don't know about it, it'll come up. But he's written about Skinwalker Ranch. He talks about Area 51. This man, he is bad to the bone. I would love to meet George Knapp. The ongoing joke within the party is, I, is that I started the show just to meet, just to meet George Knapp. I can't even say that with a straight face because it is a joke, but I, I kind of mean that because I have the utmost respect for him. He is fantastic. He also is a host on Coast to Coast, uh, I think, once a week, right? So, yeah, he, he's bad at the bone. I have the utmost respect for that man. He knows his stuff inside and out. He also does investigative reports for Channel 8 here in Vegas. On um, I think his latest one was uh, asbestos that's been poisoning some folks anyway, but uh, he's one that I would love to meet. But some people that I have met that I think are notable, I have not yet been to a UFO conference, so I don't have a long or even a short list of names for that, but I've met Bob Gimlin. He is just as nice as everybody says he is. He is a wonderful, wonderful man. He's always got a smile on his face. He's got time for everybody, and he's just happy to be there. That is Honestly, like that was a a huge uh, honor to meet him at at Salt Fork when I went to the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. I got to see my friend Henry May. Uh, Henry May is a big supporter of the show. He's in my chat room every week. Bless his heart, <laughs> hey, Henry. Thank you so much. Uh, another sweet man. I have I just I have so many friends in this, including you guys, uh, the Squatchachusetts guys. Uh, I. It's hard to name everybody, but for the most part, it's, you know, and and I know there's drama in Bigfoot. We all know that. But for the most part, it's a lot of camaraderie, and people are friends. People watch out for each other. And even if it's just through Facebook, like people like Monica Rollins, I've never actually spoken to her, and I hope to soon, and I hope to meet her soon, but... I know that, it, you know, yeah, if I reached out to her, if I needed something, or she would be there. You know, even though for right now it's only been through Facebook. You know, people like Sean Forker, uh, Lon Strickler, I mean, bless his heart, he just lost Vanessa. I uh, thought yes. to the family for that. Um, it, it's a big community, whether or not, you know, people like me go, hey, I'm in more than Bigfoot. It's still... A nice big community. So for the most part, I have no, I have no complaints. Like I won't stop yeah, what I'm doing just because, just because uh, somebody writes a bad review bad. or a nasty email, which we all get. And there we have those people that are diehard against us, and that's okay. That's just life. I think that we all just enjoy what we do. And yes, meeting these incredible people has been a great uh, part of of doing this. And I hope to meet you guys, by the way, now that I'm saying this, I haven't <laughs> met you guys in person. So hopefully we'll get out close. to a beach foot or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, we hope to have you out to Beachfoot or some event where we can meet up because I'd love to meet you, Shannon. I think you're a fascinating individual and um, you have a lot to provide for uh, the, any topic, but just the community in general. You're, you're, uh, you, you piece a lot of people together. And what you were saying earlier about the camaraderie, you know, it's very true. I think those that are in in it for the longevity are those that stick together. It's those that come in and go, you know, come in and go and disappear that are the troublemakers or the people that are very negative. Um, yeah. It, it's okay to, to agree to disagree. You know, we, that's okay. I mean, you see that in life, whether it's politics or family, it happens. But you all have, you know, for the majority of us, we have a common goal is to seek the truth and to share experiences and have fun doing it and, and not to belittle each other, you know, and that's, that's something that's very important to me, you know, uh, that I, I, I don't, you know, I don't spend my time attacking others. It's useless. It's, it's a waste of time. I enjoy hearing other people's experiences, learning from them, uh, and collaborating with them. And sometimes I learn something from them and sometimes they learn something from me and that's the joy of it all really, truly. Yeah, and, you know, you, you made a good point because not every day in Bigfoot is a good day, and sometimes you'll, even if you're on Facebook, you scroll through your feed and you're like, man, it's kind of a bummer of a day and it's kind of dramatic <laughs> and there's stuff, right? Like there's stuff going on and uh, uh, we can't avoid it all the time, but you just try to be as diplomatic and fair as you can be. And and just at the end of the day, you use the word fun. And I've said this before. I'm like, when it stops being fun, I'll shut her down. It's as simple yeah. as that. But for now, I'm like the hands up, and I'm like, go nerds, all right. And it's still fun. So it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good for now. Yeah, and, and, and Shannon, you, you know, you you were living in Ohio and moved to Vegas. Uh, what a contrast. Uh, being, you know, in Ohio, one of the top states for, you know, Sasquatch sightings, uh, to to Vegas. Um, um, I I know you you you. It's probably a smart move for you, and you felt that obviously. Um, what are your plans in Vegas? I mean, what are you going to uh, do there that you could not do, say, in Ohio? And where are some of the places that you would like to go to and uh, either research or just uh, you know enjoy, uh, you know, North America. That is a really good question. And, yeah, so I already missed the woods. And just so <laughs> everybody knows, I am originally from Las Vegas, and I was a transplant to Ohio, and I was there for a couple years. As everybody knows, I was going to the conferences and I was going to Salt Fork and Wayne National Forest and all these gorgeous hot spots, like you said, for Sasquatch. I already missed that very much. Um, that's gonna it, It's going to hurt my heart for a while to be away from Ohio. I want to go back to visit, but... Being back in Vegas, I'm like, okay, so you're doing the multi-topic thing. You know, you're you're touching on UFOs and, and this and that. There's all sorts of areas out here to go to, obviously. I've been to Rachel, Nevada, which is only about 40 miles from the gate of Area 51. And there's plenty of places here to embrace the whole UFO side thing. I could I could go that route, but when I miss the woods, which I already do. At this very moment, I do. Just not having that option is, it's a little terrifying for me. Uh, I was only about an hour away from the woods and an option to camp, and I don't have that anymore. So uh, 
you know, growing up, my family had a a cabin in Utah, so I could always go there. That's four or five hours away. Not as many Bigfoot there as, say, Oregon or Washington, right? So those are trips that I want to do. Uh, Northern California, maybe even making a trip to Bluff Creek. Uh, I don't want to sound like it's so overplayed, which it's not. It's a it's an iconic site, right? Just like a yeah. canyon where you guys are going. I would love to go to Bluff Creek, make that trip. Uh, in fact, Sam and I have even talked about making that trip, doing a road trip up there. Sam Sheeran. Uh, but Oregon and Washington, I think, is my favorite place. As much as I love Texas and Ohio, I love them both. But Oregon and Washington, having lived in Washington for a couple of years, that also has my heart in, in lots of special ways. So I would love to get up there and spend some, some more time and and look into the subject of Sasquatch and spend nights and nights and nights out there putting the time in. Like you said, Jane, you spend thousands and thousands of hours out there. And that's what you have to do. You have to up your chances by being out there. You're not going to go out there one weekend a year and expect to be like, oh, I didn't have anything happen, so there's no Bigfoot out here. That's that's not how that works. So I have got to get out there. I already miss it. I truly do. Well, you're doing a fine job with what you're doing. I mean, some of the some of the biggest research done and some of the biggest answers have come from doing what you're doing and what we're doing uh, and, and, and letting people have a voice and talk about their experience and stuff. I mean, it's I catalog everything. Every show, whether I disagree with the guests or not, or, uh, you know, I catalog everything. And I, and I, I know, Shannon, you're, you're a student of the subject, uh, or subjects, and uh, it's something that you're very diligent about. And that's something I really enjoy doing. And having having these guests and stuff on the show, that's a huge, I mean, uh, I, I can't count, uh, you know, I can't discount the, the worthiness of, of doing that. But to get you on the field, uh, you know, there's so much fun being out there. Uh, and like you said, you know, some days out in the field, <clears throat> you don't really, uh, you know, you have good days and bad days. And, and actually, when I'm out in the field, they're all good days. It doesn't matter if I have it. Anything happen or not? Doesn't matter if I record exactly. something, see something, find something. Just being out in nature in general, out in the woods, it's just—it's a blessing. It's—it's it's just, man, I, I can't explain it. It's just uh, fun. And just, so, uh, fun. expending, you know, mm-hmm. spending hours out there, you know, as much as I do, and as much as some of my cohorts do, uh, it's just—it's an amazing experience. I wish I could spend more. I wish I could live out there sometimes. But unfortunately, oh my you know, goodness, I gotta, yes. Yeah, pay bills and the whole nine. <laughs> There's nothing like the smell of a campfire and, and just getting ready to go out for the night, wherever it may be. I yeah, that. Oh, see, I miss it. I miss it so much. So I hope that I can get out there soon. Oh shoot! You need to come oh, up shoot, to. Uh, come you, up. you need to come up to uh, Washington, Oregon, uh, specifically. Uh, Oregon, uh, where we're at, but, uh, you know, you're always, you know, Shannon, you're always invited to come up to, you know, uh, we work with the Limit Project, we're a part of the Tillamook Group, and uh, you're always invited up this way to, uh, you know, um, partake in some of our research, and uh, fresh eyes on the ground, uh, such as yourself, would be um, an amazing and awesome thing, and I, you know, hope to uh, meet up soon, you know, there's a lot of events coming up, 
you know, we got the Ohio Conference next year and stuff, you know. Uh, hopefully some point we'll we'll actually meet up and uh, you know um, talk to each other well thank you Shane that's an incredible invite thank you so much I would do that in a heartbeat by the way go up to Oregon <laughs> and hang out with you guys that would be great thank you oh absolutely uh, uh, you know uh, uh, Gunner uh, what are your thoughts what are your thoughts I, I was uh, Shannon said something about you know the uh, think that the across the board kind of uh, the way that interfray covers all the, the different kinds of subjects. And it's funny because it's uh, a lot of people that I run into that, that are interested in the topic of Bigfoot are interested in other topics, some that would be considered paranormal. You know, they might be interested in Bigfoot and UFOs. They might be interested in Bigfoot and, and ghosts and, and psychic phenomenon and stuff. It's funny, but you you get Bigfoot. Uh, people don't like. To, I call it. They don't like to cross streams. It reminds me of Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. where they said, well, "Don't cross streams." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, do not cross, cross the stream. You know, right? you yeah. You, you cannot make Bigfoot any. Bigfoot has to be an ape, and 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 that's my feeling too. But it's funny is that people get so hardcore about it. It's like. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. but but they have these other interests. My my, you know, a comic for me would be a Bigfoot flying a UFO, a ghost Bigfoot flying a, a UFO, <laughs> and uh, over Loch Ness. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, but it's funny as that people do have, uh, and I had an interest, and I have interest in other areas besides Bigfoot. But that's my my real passion, and. Uh, it's it's uh and we on the show last week we've had a lot of people come and join Monster X our our Facebook group in the last couple of weeks and I I wanted to let people know that we our perspective is that that they're a flesh and blood animal and that we don't you know really ascribe to them being paranormal but uh, I would highly suggest that people are looking for paranormal. Uh, topics and stuff to tune in to into the fray because Shannon is covering it all and doing a great job of doing it. Um, so, and you can again find into the fray. It's on when it, you're on Thursdays, 7 p.m. Pacific, and it's www into the fray radio. Don't forget the radio part dot com. Perfect. Yeah, and I wanted yeah, to I add wanted in there that. You know, if we're doing a Bigfoot show, just because the next show or the previous show is UFOs, that's not me trying to tie them in. I really do. I mean, if the guest takes it that direction, I let them, you know, spout that. If he's like, hey, I think Bigfoot is paranormal, I'll let them go down that path because that's what they think. That's fine. Uh, But, yeah, I'm not trying. I'm trying to really separate each, each and every episode and make it its own little, that's its own community. Here's another community, UFOs, Bigfoot, hauntings. Uh, so I'm not saying they're not connected, but I'm not saying they are right. either. I just I just don't know. I don't want them to be though. I really truly don't. Um, I would love to find out what Sasquatch is, just like everybody else is is driving for the same for the same answers. And that's what this is all about. As she mentioned, we're just trying to gather as many stories as we can, trying to fit the puzzle pieces in, and um, 
who knows if we'll ever find it, but I, it's fun in the meantime. But right. We, we appre- yeah, we appreciate every, each and everybody that comes on our shows or emails and contacts us. I know that the guys feel the same way, so we, we thank everybody for their time. Yeah. No, it, what a ride. What a ride. I've had such enjoyment uh, pursuing this subject, uh, specifically Sasquatch, but what a ride. Uh, Shannon, i got to ask you as a final question from me is, where do you see, whether it's um, paranormal research with UFOs or ghosts or whatnot, or with the subject of Bigfoot, where do you see the future of this going? Are you seeing any advancements um, in the pursuit of these of these cryptids and the paranormal aspect to some of these and the ghosts and whatnot? I mean, where do you see this going? Is it is it are we we backtracking? Are we going forward? Are there any advancements? What what what's your opinion? I think there have been advancements. I think there's been great advancements. But I think that in the advancement being maybe social media and connectivity, I think that it, in some ways, and I'm not degrading any of it at all, it's great that we're all connected. I wouldn't know half of the people I know without Facebook, even though some days I hate it. I loathe it. But it's also an angel at the same time. Um, I think that because we're so connected and there's so much information flowing, it's great. But... Um, there's so much out there that is from, and you guys get in your group. I know I get it in my group. People will post stuff from DailyMail.com, or I think it's Daily Mail. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong name. Is that the right name? The the, the satire websites and they yes. they're clickbait. Yes. yes. And you're going well said. Oh, and you just cringe because you know that that's just a completely fabricated story. And people run with it, and they don't realize that there is an entire, just Google satire news websites. I did that one day, and I have a list of things. I have so many notebooks, right? I'm sure you guys do, too. Yeah. And I have a list of the satire news websites, and I'm like, avoid, avoid, avoid. You know, you don't want to even read those. They're they're crap. They're 100% crap. It's clickbait that makes them money. And I think that, yes, there are advancements. To answer your question long, I'm sorry. There are advancements, but unfortunately there's also a lot of channels on TV that just want ratings. There's a lot of articles on the Internet, as we just mentioned, that just want clicks. So as long as you weed through things, there are really good gold nuggets out there, and you can learn a lot, and you can learn a lot from the people that contact us that we subsequently bring on our shows. And there's also great people that you can meet just by reading their books and contacting them and saying, hey, I need to know more about this subject and that subject. Yes, there are advancements. I truly hope that we do find our way with, you know, the answers that we're seeking. I don't know that we will, but I think that with all of us working towards the same goal, Something's got to break. I just feel like there's. Yeah. I feel like the dam is just. It's barely holding everything back. I feel like there's right. something coming. I do feel like like that, and it's exciting because I'm like, I hope it's not just me being excited because there's all this yeah, buzz out there. I I really do feel like there's something coming. Uh, it has nothing to do with TV shows or anything like that. I just think there's a lot of really good people in the field, like you guys, doing really good work. 
I think something is going to happen. Yeah, I do. Well, Shannon, my favorite part of the show was right now because the the satirical stuff that's out there, uh, you nailed it. Uh, it's out there, and it's a click factor. People want to click on it because it's just, they have a huge headline, they have a great picture, and it's other crap. Uh, but that you nailed it to a T, and I love uh, that you brought this up because it's everywhere, and it's so easy to see a, a really intriguing headline with a really intriguing photo or no photo, and jump aboard and, and go, jump wow, aboard and go, wow. It's amazing. It's wow. amazing. Yeah, National Enquirer, but I mean, it's like online. And it's so easy to uh, to look at that and go, oh, and then post, start posting it. And when you start posting that on these social media sites, people jump aboard and go, wow, look at this, look at this. And before you know it, it's just a phenomenon. And it, it means nothing. It's elder crap. And uh, you will never see that, uh, or you'll never hear that on Montax Radio. That, and I'm sure Into the Fray will never do that. I mean, we may post controversial stuff. We may post right. uh, and have uh, have controversial guests, no doubt. Um, but uh, most of the guests and the stuff we put on our shows are we vetted a little bit. You know, no, we're not. We're not condoning or saying we believe the guests or whatnot 100%. Right. But it's a lot more uh, it's not, we're not doing this to, to for shock and awe. It is to enjoy it, give, uh, you know, at least give a little bit of credence to the subject and and, and expand your mind and, and make you think a little bit and enjoy the show. But not for shock and awe. Bar none, not no. going to happen. <laughs> no. We're not we're not the clickbait types. No, uh, there's plenty of those out there, and I did that. Uh, I've I've done that before. I I in fact it was just last month I posted something. I didn't read it as I should have. I didn't even do my checking as I normally do. I just it was on my phone. I just I don't share. You know I shared it to my page, and someone's like, um, that's not. Or, I was like, oh my goodness, and I apologize. I took it down because I don't want to feed into that. Like you said, it catches fire. These things oh, go viral, and thousands, if not millions, of people see this stuff, and all of a sudden it's part of pop culture, and you're going, that's not even a real thing. It's really sad. So what you're saying is yeah. the the ba- the ninja baby fighting the stuffed dragon wasn't real. <laughs> it's such a bummer, but no. So no, I mean it is crazy because people and and society has been primed with that with with all the the grocery store checkout newspapers like and we won't name them all, but with the shocking, you know, you could read how big I had Bigfoot's baby and. And all that kind of stuff was, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's funny as people do not necessarily discern fact from fiction. They just saw it because it's on a piece of newspaper or now it's even more pervasive because of, you know, the Internet. Is right, that, it's hard to right. Yeah, it's so easy, Yeah, and people don't take the time to, to don't always take the time to, uh, uh, be discerning and, and and check back the source and and make sure that what they're they're looking at isn't isn't uh, from like a sat satirical website or something. So 
<laughs> that's good advice. Pay it, you know, every, every time that something gets posted and you read it, you should do a little bit of fact-checking and fact-checking if you're really interested in the topic. Yeah, and the list is depressingly long. If you Google satirical websites, it's very, mm-hmm. very sad, actually. Yeah, but that's not what we're about here. Uh, into the phrase, not about that. Monster X is not about that. In, you know, we, we do our homework, and we look at the subject seriously, and we get incredible guests. And um, we don't say necessarily that the guests are always uh, right, but uh, we're not satirical. Uh, very serious about the subject. And I know you yeah. guys are, Shannon, and you guys provide a great format for that, for great discussion, and uh, you, you guys are doing a fantastic job. And I'm really stoked that you joined us tonight on Monster Radio, and, and uh, you know, uh, I hope the best for you guys. And I know that I will be listening to your show nonstop because even though some of the subject matter is not my forte, per se, uh, it is – Intriguing. It's really interesting, and I enjoy that. Thank you so much. And, and Shane and Gunnar, thank you so much for having me tonight, and thanks to all the monster extras for, you know, letting me, uh, let me chew their ear off for a while. <laughs> Absolutely. We appreciate, you <laughs> we appreciate you joining us tonight. we got about a minute left uh, tonight on Monster X. Um and uh, I know that uh, Shane is getting ready for uh, our big trip out into Ape Canyon with Mark Marcel, who will be on our show in a couple weeks once we uh, have survived our outing. Um, hopefully we'll come back some- with a really cool story about uh, how Shane found a shell casing that was shot back in 1924. <laughs> so oh, yeah. uh, until then, <laughs> we uh, want to thank thank uh, our guest again, Shannon Legros. Uh, from Into the Fray for joining us on Monster X. And uh, we will be back next Sunday because this show will actually be playing the upcoming Sunday. And at that time, our guest will be Brown. Um, And uh, until then, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you soon. Thanks. Shop now for Thanksgiving at your local Albertsons. You'll find savings to be thankful for, like a great deal on turkey. Buy a frozen 14 to 20 pound grade A honeysuckle whole turkey and get one free when you spend an additional $35. Limit two while supplies last. Shop Snack Mania deals too. Selected varieties and sizes of Lay's potato chips, Chips Ahoy cookies, and more are only $1.99 each when you buy three. Mix and match. Albertsons is partnering with local food banks. See store for details. Albertsons, it's just better.